Well, as many know, I'm a seminarian up at Mundelein Seminary, the place where actually Father Claydar and our pastor, Monsignor Deutsch, are graduates from. And I'm completing my final year there. It's an amazing program, primarily, I think, because it gives seminarians very real and authentic and often raw experiences of actual parish life. For example, me just being here on the weekends. But we're also assigned during the summertime to parishes. So my last seven years in seminary, I've been at six or seven different parishes, like I was here this last summer. We're able to dive into the rhythm of the parish to shadow the priests and to almost start to live that life and discern even more if we're called to it. But a couple years ago, for six months, I was assigned at one parish called an internship semester. And I was assigned just down the road in Aurora. It was such a joyful time and I learned so much. But like good things often are, it was also very challenging at times and surprising in ways that I could never have imagined. It was very similar, one experience in particular, to today's gospel, which just caused me to open my eyes, to raise them and to look at God in the face, which is what we're actually preaching on for the next five weeks. We're doing a preaching series where all the priests and myself are gonna be preaching on the same theme every weekend. And ultimately we'll get to the final goal and we have a surprise that we're gonna be announcing to the parish about raising your eyes. And so it was one week in particular in this parish in Aurora where I was just running everywhere. I was teaching in the school, you know, greeting the kids, serving at mass, preparing my confirmation lesson plan. I visited the homebound, the sick in the hospitals. And by the end of the week, I was just utterly exhausted. Days so packed that more than a few times, I admit, I found myself starting my personal daily prayers at like 9, 9.30, 10 p.m. And so I would just leave myself tired the next morning. This turned into a vicious cycle. It's not ideal, but I reasoned that I was doing the Lord's work. I was doing all good things, right? And so in the midst of all that craziness of ministry, of just life, I thought I was, I was doing okay. And so after this wonderful week of craziness, I woke up on a Friday, my day off. I bumbled my way down the stairs, right, to the kitchen. I opened the leftmost cupboard as I did every morning. But what did I see inside? It was an empty bag of coffee. <laughs> It was scary, it really was, and depressing. But I knew that just to the right of it, there was some stale green tea. I'm like, that is not gonna cut it. I can't do that. So I threw on my clerics, I hopped in the car, and I drove to the supermarket early on my day off. And finding that there at last, aisle number seven, it's the aisle of caffeine, there was a woman, middle-aged, looking somewhat disheveled, it was early on a Friday, with a young boy next to her. And she looked at me, Kind of a funny way, you know? When you're in clerics in public, you, get, you evoke responses often from people. And so she was looking at me kind of inquisitively. And I knew this look, and I've been practicing how to respond the last six years I've been in seminary. So I didn't want to, but I mustered a little smile. And in an instant, she approached me and kind of awkwardly but genuinely asked if she could hug me. She seemed desperate and of course, I was really taken aback. I mean, my personal love language is not always physical touch. But remembering I was in clerics and knowing who I represented to her and to the world, I said, uh, all right, yeah, why not? Let's do it. <laughs> so she proceeded in there, aisle seven, to just hug me. And she started crying, just uncontrollably sobbing. And I just stood here embracing her. Just mascara running down her face over her left shoulder, 
was her young son, maybe second, third grade or something, looking just utterly confused, like, who is this strange man my mother is hugging? And then over her right shoulder, just beyond an arm's reach, was coffee. It was so close. I was like, oh, man. But after we hugged, you know, I asked her what's troubling her. She informed me that her sister was just diagnosed with late-term cancer. So we prayed right there in the middle of that aisle. I regret never learning her name. She never learned mine. But she told me that she wasn't even Catholic, that she wasn't even really a practicing Christian, but that just the witness that I was bearing wearing those clothes, it was nothing of me. It was all Jesus that had spurred something within her. And all this, after a crazy week where I ran myself ragged, thinking I could do all these things almost for myself, and then this comes out of nowhere on my day off. So what do I bring this story up? Well, I think it helps evoke something, understand something from our scriptures today. Because especially in the first reading in our gospel, I mean, they are tough readings. This idea of complacency, being so rooted in this world that we start to become like it. It's not always, perhaps, a sense of laziness, complacency, this self-satisfaction that's just like sitting on the couch as you are and just being okay with it. No, complacency could even be apathy, just not caring about the world or about your current situation. In fact, John Paul II, he said, the opposite of love, of charity, is not hate. It's apathy, it's not caring about a person. It's being lukewarm. And so I thought by being busy, and I was, again, doing all, I thought, good things, I was ultimately neglecting what was truly and fundamentally important in my life, my loving relationship with my God. I was praying at the end of the day. I was, I was doing it all for me because I thought I had to do this. But there's always going to be good things to do. So that was what it was for me. I was doing it for myself, making my work and even me almost like an idol, something that started keeping me from God. Because our prayer life, brothers and sisters, is, is fundamental. It's from which all flows. It gives us our identity, our purpose. And it took this, for me, unexpected encounter in the grocery store. It was almost like a sweet, tender warning sign from God, but just screamed in my face, saying, hey, you, my son, wake up. This is about me, your relationship with me. And if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't be doing this right now, being here for this woman. Lift up your eyes, open them, raise them to me. So I pose the question to you today. Have you ever had one of these experiences in your life? It could be big, like this moment for me. It could be small. Could the Lord in those moments be tapping you on the shoulder, inviting you into something greater, something deeper, out of whatever mundane complacency is inflicting upon our lives. Because we've all had these wake-up calls from God. It could be at the moment of your baptism, right? When we were called the beloved sons and daughters of God. It could be that person on the street at the gas station that smiles at you and evokes, tugs at something in your heart. It could be another beautiful thing like a sunset, a sunrise, a master painting that is speaking just loudly at you of beauty. But ultimately, again, it's our prayer. It's our encounter with him and our personal daily prayer, which I challenge us all to do every day for at least five, ten minutes, right? When you wake up, when you go to bed, it's in the confessional, and we encounter him in that sacrament. 
And it's here on this altar when he says, this is my body and this is my blood given up for you, my beloved children. And so the real question is then, that underlays this all, is are we listening to these callings, to these evokings, these waking up calls of God? Are we listening? Or are we complacent? Because ultimately we're human, right? We're distracted, we're too busy, like I was, with good things, right? But also, we get entrenched in sin, right? We fall, we become lazy, apathetic, not even caring or believing at times. So if we answer yes to any of these questions, if we even hesitate to like ponder them, let's consider that our wake-up call this morning and this day. Because do we wish up to end up like the rich man in the gospel? Right? He was busy with his own comfortability, dressed in his robes, his fine banquets, feasting on things of this world. And then there's poor Lazarus, begging at his door. We know the two men died, and the rich man from the netherworld, that place of torment, of suffering, he raises up his eyes. But only there, he didn't do it in the world. And he sees Lazarus in heaven. He begs, he pleads, but he's answered by Abraham saying, you chose what you chose. You lived your life. And now because of that, the chasm between us is too great to be crossed. That's terrifying. I mean, if that's not a wake-up call, I don't know what is. The church gives us these readings today, this theme, to give us this sign. Are we complacent in our faith? Do we put our relationship with Jesus Christ first and center? Or are there other things, whether it's work, whether it's sports, good and necessary things that we could enjoy, but sometimes those could overtake them and become like idols? Because, brothers and sisters, if we don't have this relationship with God here and now, present in this life, We risk losing who we are and who we are created for. We're going to lose our sight and our purpose. Because our great purpose, as beloved sons and daughters of God, is to be saints. Nothing less. Capital S, saints. Like St. John Paul II, like Mother Teresa. Saints here and now, and saints destined for joy in heaven for all eternity. So let's heed the Lord's call. And like Lazarus, let us raise up our eyes to Jesus in this life, as in a few moments we're going to behold him and receive him in the Holy Sacrament of the Eucharist.